And a good weekend to everyone. Jim Shepard from the Outdoor Wire with the Outdoor Wire's Weekend Edition. What are we doing today? Well, it's snowing in some places, raining here. It's not great everywhere, but it's still hunting weather. And to talk about hunting, we're going to bring in our expert, resident expert, Richard Mann. He's known by a lot of you. You see his writing, you see him on TV, you see his videos, and Crimson Trace, and lots of others. And and uh, Richard is also the editor of our Hunting Wire. So, Richard, people are getting excited. Hunting season's winding down, but people are starting to plan for that big trip coming up the next time they get to go somewhere, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the time of year. Everybody's planning elk hunts, mule deer hunts, antelope hunts. Now, you know, big hunts is something that's kind of scary to me. I've never done uh, a, a big hunt by myself. I've always been fortunate enough to go along with, with a group or with an organization or something that knew what was going on. I mean, you can go hunt, you know, public land by yourself, but it's not as easy as it sounds, is it? No, and, I, and I'll tell you the difference. When you, when you get a good outfitter, when you find you a good outfitter, uh, you're paying them. You're paying them to haul you around in a truck and feed you and stuff like that. But what you're really paying them for, and and I can't remember the outdoor writer that said this, but you're paying for the keys to the gate. In other words, uh, they know where all the animals are. And when you go out on a, a western hunt or a big game hunt by yourself like that, you're you got to go find them. Right. You have no idea. And these guys have they've signed leases with farmers, and they know where the big elk are, and they know where the big mule deer are. And, that that's what you're really paying for. Sometimes the lunch they'll give you is like a bologna sandwich. So it ain't it ain't that you're getting good food, but you're getting the keys to the gate. It's not like you're going to like Gaston's on the White River in Arkansas and having a shore lunch. You're eating off the nah. back of a pack mule, but you've got a good chance of taking some nice stuff home with you. Yeah, if you can shoot and you do what the outfitter tells you, you'll typically bring home a, a nice animal and a freezer full of meat. Well, that's, that's kind of the point. All right, well, let's say... We've gotten somebody through their basic fear of going on a hunt. What do I need to have ready before I talk to my outfitter? So, well, first, let me let me preface it this way. Always tell your outfitter that you've never done it before because he'll figure that out quickly enough on his own. But what do I need to know before I talk to him? Well, one of the, one of the pieces of advice I always give people is, Hunting is the one thing that you cannot control. Uh, the weather is going to dictate animal movement. Uh, there may, for whatever reason, like if you're hunting elk, they may be up high and you may be hunting down low. So you, you can't control the hunting. The hunting is the luck of the draw to some extent. But what you can control is you can control your sleeping conditions and you can control the food you eat and you can control the type of atmosphere you're, you're stuck in while you're there for a week hunting. So a lot of people want to see pictures of trophy animals that the outfitters taken, but the first thing I ask is, what am I, where are you going to feed me? What kind of food am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? Am I going to be in a bed? Am I going to be on a cot? Are you going to give me a sleeping bag? Uh, is your is your cook an actual cook, or is it just some farmhand? I mean, and the reason I say that is if the accommodations are good, the camaraderie's good, and the food's good, you can handle a bad hunt. Right. But if those three things are bad and the hunting's bad to go with it, you're going to be miserable. Um, I have been on 
miserable hunts with excellent facilities. And I don't think of those hunts nearly as badly as I do a really good hunt I went in in abysmal conditions. Because I remember writing a writing a feature piece about this hunt, and I described the accommodations they put us in as Motel 3. If we can <laughs> find a light, maybe it'll come on for you. I mean, it was, it was a hundred-year-old bunkhouse. I went on a varmint hunting trip in Texas one time, and there were fleas in the bed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and that's the point. And, and granted, some guys like the roughing. You know, they like the tent camp aspect, and then that's fine. But those those same questions apply. <laughs> you know, because you, you get out there, and uh, you're having a, a bowl of Rice Krispies for breakfast and a bologna sandwich for lunch and a can of uh, old chili for dinner, uh, you better be having some good hunting, or you're going to be you're going to be upset. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be more than upset at that. You know, I'm a glamper. I don't mind going, but I, you know, I would like a down comforter on my on my bed in my tent. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I've never done one of those. But it's funny you said it was Texas. I was down in Del Rio when I went on that ta- on that hunt. It was so bad. There was a Coleman camper, a pop up sitting out in the parking lot out in the back two of us picked the lock on that coleman set the camper up and stayed in it because it was better than what they put us in i mean there was a rattlesnake in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) and granted that can happen anywhere when you're in texas arizona colorado wherever you are out there but the, nobody had been in the building. It was a hole in the floor. They, apparently, he came in and out of regularly. So there was another hole in the floor, but there was no rattlesnake after that. Uh, so what, what about, does everybody take too much stuff with them? Yes. Yes, and, and we often joke about that. You know, you'll, you'll go on a hunt, and you'll have $20,000 worth of equipment, and all you're trying to do is shoot a deer. Yeah. Uh, Everybody packs too much stuff, and, but and lots of times they don't pack what they need. That that's the problem. Uh, you know, a lot of guys will go out and buy a brand new pair of boots where they go on a hunt. Second Ugh. day on the hunt, they got brisk blisters. Right. Uh, you, and and here's here here to borrow one of your favorite words. You need to be comfortable. I just did a <laughs> uh, coyote hunt in Wyoming two weeks ago. It was five degrees. That was a high. Yeah. And the wind was blowing about twenty miles an hour. You got to have the right gear for that. Uh, yep. I, I got with Sitka before I went out there. They hooked me up, and I, I mean, I was totally com- the only thing on me that got cold was what wasn't covered. Right. But you got to be comfortable. You got to have warm feet. Your body's got to be warm. Beyond that, you don't need a whole lot. You know, a gun, a scope, an extra scope, some tools to work on your gun. Um, but but you're right. Everybody takes too much stuff. Well, one of my friends said, if you're getting ready to go overseas, here's the advice. Take half the stuff and twice the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's never a bad idea to have a little cash with you because you never know what's going to happen on a hunt. Uh, lots of times you'll go on a hunt and tag out early, and there's an opportunity to buy a, a tag for a doe or maybe an extra bear tag. And then especially if you're hunting uh, in Africa, when you get there, you can't have enough. You just, you can't have enough money. It don't matter all the gear you got, but you can't have enough money because you're going to want to do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. 
Well, now that brings us to an interesting topic, and that is uh, Richard Mann's upcoming big adventure. You've got quite the trip coming to Africa. Yeah, we, uh, well, I'll tell you what happened. I, I got tired of watching TV shows, hunting TV shows, uh, because I, I, I just didn't feel like they were conveying the real experience and meaning of hunting. It was mostly about uh, some hunter out sitting in a tree stand bragging about this bow or this rifle or this rifle scope or you mean this the stuff he sprayed on him that makes, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and I'm not saying that that's, there's not a place for that, right. but I think what was being missed was what hunting's really about. I mean, it's an adventure and it's a challenge. And, you know, I think that's why we do it is you don't know what's going to happen. And it's a tremendous amount of excitement. And when you complete it successfully or even unsuccessfully, there's a huge sense of accomplishment that you, you did what you did. Yes. So what we did is we put together, uh, Myself and three other editors from hunting magazines, Field and Stream, Peterson Signing, and Outdoor Life, uh, American Hunter. And we've got an eight-man camera crew or film crew, I guess you'd say. And we're going to hunt in South Africa, free-range kudu from a mountain remote tent camp. And we're going to film it all, and we're going to put it on Amazon Prime. And there's not going to be anybody holding up a gun in front of a camera and bragging about how wonderful it is because that company sponsored the hunt. This is going to be a real hunt. You're going to follow these four hunters. You're going to see their trials every day, the struggles they face. Uh, It's going to give you a real look of what hunting in in Africa or really anywhere is really about. You mean you're not having to learn um, uh, the Afrikaans expression for it don't get no better than this. <laughs> no, the, <laughs> That's what the, I'm the, talking about. <laughs> yeah, the, the one I hear over there all the time is we'll make a plan. And, and, and that's what this show is, really, is we're going to have to make a plan every day because all four of those hunters are after kudu and other animals. And, uh, I mean, it'll, it'll be a good adventure. But I think, I think it'll do two things. I think it will it'll bring some people back to the reason they started hunting and the excitement. Uh, you're going to see a lot of guys sitting around a campfire reliving their experiences of the day. And if, you, if you're if you a hunter at all, you know that that's what you remember. Lots of times you don't remember the specific animal, but yeah. you recall all the other stuff from the hunt. You know, sitting around the fire and laughing and, and somebody, somebody falls down or, you know, all the crazy stuff that happens on the hunt. Well, sure. And uh, growing up, as, as I did, I'm older than you, I can remember – you know, sitting around with my grandfather and his friends, and they were telling stories of the camps that they stayed in when they were my age. That generationally is kind of missing at this point. There are very few of us left that do that. Uh, I don't have any family to take hunting, but I try to, you know, take others when I can. And But I think it's big, Richard, to and mention worth mentioning more than just in passing, the fact that this is going to be on Amazon Prime. This is not some you know chicken feathers outfit here. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's got its good side and its bad side. You know, the some people may not have Amazon Prime, but it's affordable. It's it's not that expensive. And and the the good side is, uh, if you watch a hunting show on regular television on Tuesday night at eight o'clock. If you're out to your kid's basketball game on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, you've got a DVR or you don't see it. Right. And the beautiful thing about Amazon Prime is you can watch it when you want. And if 
if you like what you see, you can binge watch the whole thing, you know. Right. And and that's uh, the thing that's big to me is that it's on a mainstream service. And as we get squeezed down more by politicians and, and regulations, the idea of being able to tell our story in a clean environment that everybody can look at, uh, that's, that's something worth talking about. Yeah, and we thought it was very important because of what you just said, that we tell the right story. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going back for a specific kudu that has eluded me for two years. That, that's my quest. But these other guys, one of the hunters, Alfredo Rico, who's one of the best outdoor and gun photographers in our industry, he's Absolutely. never been to Africa. Mm-hmm. He's never been. So this everything he sees, smells, touches, or does over there is going to be completely new to him. So that's going to be a cool aspect of it. And then you've got Joe Arterburn, the other cast member, who worked at Cabela's for, I, I don't know, probably longer than I've been alive. No, Joe's not that at old. At least but, 150 years. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Joe's been in this industry and, and handling gear from all over the world so, and, and hunts and everything. And then Adam Hagenstaller, one of the best editors in the hunting field that we have right now with the right. NRA, he's hunted, he's he's in good shape, he'll climb the mountains and he'll probably laugh at me because I can't make it up some of them. But uh, I mean, that that dynamic that you'll get around the campfire of all these guys sharing their experiences and retelling their tales. Uh, that'll be a big part of it. And it's going to do two other things as well. Uh, it's going to educate some people about South Africa, uh, the way the, the local communities operate and live, how important the hunting is to those people's lives. Uh, and you'll see some of the local attractions. We're hunting near an old Boer War fort. Uh, we're going to go to the largest diamond mine in the world, the Kimberly Diamond Mine. So mm-hmm. you'll get an education. If, if, and, but the other thing you're going to see is something a lot of people are overlooking right now. You know, a good trophy elk hunt, and you, we were talking about planning these big hunts, a good trophy elk hunt will set you back about 10 grand. Yeah. Um, for 10 grand, you can go to Africa and you can shoot a truckload of trophies. And we were talking about the food. You're going to get breakfast. You're going to get lunch. I mean, I mean, you're going to get a brunch with the omelet so big you couldn't fit it in a Wendy's bag. Right. And then when dinner time comes, you're going to eat wild game, four course meal, fancy dessert. They're going to serve you wine. It, there's, you know, that's what I was saying. The accommodations, and that's 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 one of the things that they don't short you on when you go to Africa. And the other thing most people don't realize is you'll wake up in the morning and you won't have any dirty clothes. No, it, it, we're, we're we're camping out in in, a, in in the mountains, and we're still going to have laundry. If you can believe that? Yeah. And we're doing all this for a cost of less than a trophy elk hunt out west, and that's including the airline ticket. Right. You know, I, I grew up all my life wanting to go to Africa and thinking, "Gosh, there's no way I can afford that." And then when I finally got connected, I realized, man, this—if you want to go hunting, this is the place. Yeah. This this is the way to go if you're going to go, and. Uh, that's you know it's worth talking about and of course if you want to learn more about hunting you go to the hunting wire and if you want to learn more about the outdoors in general you can go to the outdoor wire we do all of those things richard mann hunting wire editor thank you for being with us and uh, thank all of you for being with us on uh, the outdoor wires weekend edition as i said if you want all the news during the week that's coming from the outdoors All you have to do is go to www.theoutdoorwire.com. 
punch that little subscribe button. It's free. It comes directly to your mailbox. But you don't have to worry about anything else coming along. We never sell, rent, share, barter, whatever you want to call it. Your email information with anyone. More than 20 years we've kept that promise. And we will continue to do that. And we'll be back in your head, in your brain, wherever you want us to be. Six days a week now that we're doing the weekend edition. So, for the Outdoor Wire, I am Jim Shepard. Make it a good one to get outside. Take somebody with you. <laughs>